Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Welcome to Out of the Drying Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. This week, we're mixing it up again and talking about the Japan-exclusive Pokemon light novels done by a fan who is named To Be A Master, and this is available at pokemonthenovel.dreamwith.org. And of course, we're going to be talking about our weeks. And just a reminder, this podcast is rated E for explicit, and I'm your host, Jacob, here with my co-host, Austin. Very well done, Jacob. That only took us five tries. <laughs> it's a lot. And our other co-host. Yeah, our other co-host. Oh my gosh. Alex. It's so great to be here. And this is, I'm trying to determine as we go along what to keep and what not to keep because Austin is um, passing the editing duties on to me this week. So now we'll you know who see to how blame. that turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just do no no music. Like no transition music. This nothing. is going to be it. raw, unfiltered, no music, just... This is how it is. No, it needs to be filtered. <laughs> Raw we have a lot of like really awkward pauses. Raw and unfiltered. This That's is every why time... we can't do. Oh, go ahead, Jacob. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. See, every like time that, we have like a pause, that, just like that, that needs to be removed. <laughs> if we ever have a pause and we need something to fill the void, just say raw and unfiltered. Raw doggin. Raw doggin. That's getting cut. Just let us know every time something's getting cut. <laughs> Okay. I kind of want to do like really bad stuff, so Alex has cut out a lot of my. <laughs> <laughs> go, go as far, go as far as you want to go. If you want the podcast this week to sound like some sort of Frankenstein's monster, like it always does, means, sure. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> we we had an hour long discussion before recording. We had an extensive talk about cock rings. <laughs> oh God, you're making this difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, with everyone introduced, I figured we can jump into our weeks. Uh, Alex, why don't you lead us off with your God. exciting week? It certainly was exciting. Austin has heard this story already, but it was terrible, actually. The past two, so the past two weeks, I've been plagued with, like, food issues and eating bad food, unbeknownst to myself. But this week, I was minding my own business. I was sleeping in my bed, and I was awoken to some intense pain on my neck because lo and behold somehow and I still don't understand how this happened because my room's on the second floor but a scorpion was in my bed and it stung me in the neck twice and it was terrible it was worse than it's ever happened to me you're never safe is that what that growth is no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that giant tail protruding from her spine yeah, yeah. get over here oh. yeah well you know what and it sucks too because I was expecting my you know, scorpion powers to to come in already, but unfortunately, have not yet noticed anything different. So now, are we talking like Scorpion the Spider Man villain here? Is that your Scorpion powers? Scorpion the Spider Man villain? Yeah, I was thinking Mortal great... Kombat Scorpion. Oh, oh, okay. oh I, I went with Austin. I thought it was like that DC comic about Spider Man. I'm gonna um. murder you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I thought I think you now have like the prologue to, of your life story is how we got a new superhero, Scorpion Girl. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was just just no for anyone who's never been stung by a scorpion. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I don't recommend it to anyone. 
Did you rub ointment on it or something, or just let it fly? I was cleaned it, like... it off, like, with some antiseptic, but what are you supposed to do? Like, Does the thing stick in you, like a wasp or something like no. that? You know when you get wasps, you're supposed to put, like, tobacco on it and get it off? No. I've never <laughs> heard that before. You never heard tobacco? No, I've never heard of you putting tobacco on a wasp thing. Yeah, it gets it out. Really? Yeah, it's a... Uh... I don't know what's in it. Like raw tobacco, like chewing tobacco. No, I just remember. Yeah, it's like a like a cigarette. You can take a cigarette and take the paper off and put the tobacco on your sting there. I've never heard of this. Really, really, that was like the. I used to get. I got stung a lot as a kid by wasp and mainly wasp. Maybe a bee, like one time. But every time I got stung, my like mom or grandpa would be like, "Here, let me put this tobacco on it, and you'll be good to go in a minute." Kind of like the whole. You know, rubbing alcohol on a teething baby's gums. Like, you're not supposed to do it, but it's one of those, like... I've never heard of that, either. Oh, yeah. Either. Well, I've... yeah, when you are when you have a toothache, you're supposed to take, like, Grandpa's old cough medicine, mainly You've whiskey. Never heard Whiskey's the best one. And yeah, you're rubbing I've heard on whiskey the kids and tooth. bourbon. Yeah. Just a little bit. Anyway, so, yeah, that was a, a, quite a surprise. It was terrible. So, yeah. You're never safe, like Austin said. The bed's the perfect place for them to hide, all those covers. Austin, what'd you do this week? Well, I stung a scorpion. You stung it? <laughs> you stung I went into its bed and I stung it twice in the neck. Did you use the covers? Yep. Uh, what did I do this week? Uh, I uh, We had some dog issues. He ate the carpet. He, he ate a lot of things he shouldn't eat. Typical. Um, did he yeah. eat the carpet on like the, the, the carpet of the apartment or was this like a little... Carpet, apartment. carpeting thing. Oh, wow, well, okay. An apartment carpet, so I'm going to have to pay for that whenever I move out. Um, I, even though I've already put down a $400 dog deposit, I'm sure they're going to charge me at the wazoo because they're going to say you ate it. <laughs> Possibly. It was when I was on bath salts. What? <laughs> that you got from Bath and Body. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, from behind the Bath and Body, <laughs> yeah. maybe. It's in the Beyond <laughs> section. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I don't. Uh, blah, 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 blah. This is going great. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it over. is. Yep. <laughs> Jacob, please save us. Okay, I'll save us. I, I save us from Austin. <laughs> okay, save us. I'll save us. I didn't do much this week because I was, I was being a homebody. I did. I worked out a lot. I played some yeah, Civilization. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I'm definitely I played, over. <laughs> I played a lot of Civ. I, I won a game of Civ this week. I beat the uh, computer. I beat it, you know, pretty proudly. I beat. It. I had a diplomatic victory Ooh. where I had enough delegate delegates to proclaim myself world leader. And I'm you can use the same tactics in real life to get to world leader. So about 20 years, you'll see me at the top of the throne. So be re- be ready, everyone. Be prepared, like Scar said. Be prepared. Lion King reference. Fun fact, this is a history podcast now. Um, it's You should not use this <laughs> podcast for any research chambers. <laughs> no, it should not. This is all made up garbage. It's um, like Wikipedia. You can't use that as a source. So Okay, but like I totally did. Treat yeah, I did like too. Yeah. <laughs> did your teachers ever give you that lecture when you were in school and you were like, they can't, you can't use Wikipedia because it's all fake and made up? But yes. now like... Well, well, you, our... you just go down to the bottom and use the sources and cite yeah. those. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what everyone just does. Or they just quote it and no one cares or bothers to even look it up and see if it's true. So, Don't plagiarize people. Yeah. 
That's the PSA of the day. Do not plagiarize. Yeah, use your own crap. Any major scandals you can think of where an author plagiarized something? Well, the thing that immediately came to mind was that Oprah thing. I thought that too. Oh, really? I've never heard this. I've never heard this. A million little pieces. Jacob, your wife lent me the book. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, you got to... You got to tell me this. What happened? It, well, it's not plagiarism, though. It was, it was stupid. It was. <laughs> it was a huge you, scandal for some reason. Like Oprah, I'm trying to remember Oprah. Like it, it was a memoir that had embellished details, and it got called out for the embellished details. And Oprah was like, "Author, why, why did you lie?" Yeah, because she it was like on her like book of the month or whatever she had going there for a while, and she was. Uh, everybody so was. Oh, okay. So but it was like I guess hyperbole then. Or well, was there a lot of like exaggerations in it, or I don't want to get into the weeds of this, and I'm not I'm no expert, but my understanding is memoirs don't necessarily have to be entirely truthful. No, yeah, they don't. Yeah, it's it's they're always a memoir. like yeah, yeah, huh. so for dramatic purposes. And I'll be honest, I read I read the book, and it's about like drug addiction, and I read the book, and I was like, yeah, obviously some of this stuff is not true. It, it's like very like narratively concise and like dramatic it's not okay anyway i think it's funny though we we thought of the same thing <laughs> it wasn't even plagiarism though i know it wasn't even a good example of that but okay immediately no, it was I I, i'll take it i think i mildly remember that story it's not it's like a biography but it's exaggerated right or is this an actual like something somebody went through they just exaggerated all the details of it yeah yes. okay okay i'm i thought of a plagiarism scandal Y'all remember Bleach, of course. Yes. Yes. Great anime. The son of Gene Simmons, he like. Gene Simmons has a son. Apparently, and he does comic books. Apparently, and he he plagiarized Bleach uh, (laughs) (laughs) to make his comic series. Apparently, I've never heard of this, but I'm more shocked that he has a son. I'm still hung up on that detail. Well, well, apparently they they talked to Kubo Tight about it, the author of Bleach. And his response was to the effect of, I'm not upset that someone plagiarized Bleach. I'm upset that um, Gene Simmons has a son who, <laughs> <laughs> who does comic books <laughs> or something that's, like that. Yeah, that's, that's his crazy. major malfunction. Oh, my God. He has well, a guy, daughter, too, I think. I think he does. I can't remember. Who, Gene Simmons? Yeah, he used to have a TV show called like Gene Simmons Family Jewels. Is he alive? Yes. Yes. Okay. He is. He is alive. Austin, what were you saying? I don't remember. Speaking of novels, would you all like to jump into... Oh my god. I'm sorry. What? (laughs) What? Oh my god. I just realized how... Oh my god. You know what? I'm not even going to say anything. This is is going to make me sound really stupid. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No. Okay, you said Gene Simmons the whole time. For whatever reason, I was thinking Richard Simmons. Oh my god. (laughs) This stays in. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I didn't know Richard Simmons had a son. I don't alive? believe Richard Simmons has a son. <laughs> I can't believe... I could be mistaken, but I don't believe <laughs> no. he does. Okay. Oh, he may. That is probably the worst thing that's ever happened. Oh my god. I think that, wasn't a, a that was not a shining moment for me at all. <laughs> Gene Simmons, the guy from Kiss. Okay. Yes. Now I know. <laughs> oh my god okay yep so i hope you all can laugh at my expense now <laughs> I, 
I just want you to know I googled does Richard Simmons have any children and this has to be a fake thing but it came up saying Polly Shore was that is not true <laughs> oh Jacob please move us along okay Remember the episode of the Kirby anime that had Richard Simmons as an anim- as an enemy really no yes. <laughs> what was his power he he would fitness you to death oh that is y'all awesome. the Kirby anime is so fucking good okay <laughs> <laughs> What did that for a special episode? How many how many episodes is the anime? A hundred. Holy cow, never mind. Okay. Okay, okay, <laughs> now I gotta get into it. Uh, oh boy, here we it go. It takes a little while to get started, but the Kirby anime at its best is a um, deconstruction of modern society. <laughs> it's an Evangelion kind of thing? <laughs> no, it's like... Oh. <laughs> the. <laughs> I don't even know how to get into it. There's like an episode about like fake news journalism i probably shouldn't say that term and uh there's an episode about i don't <laughs> know media people like like a making fun of people on tv who make mistakes and the social ramifications of it there's an episode about the harry potter phenomenon in which jk rowling appears uh oh my, oh my god, god. This has a little bit of everything the kirby anime is crazy y'all i don't even know where to start <laughs> It sounds like they were just handed this and were like, do whatever you want. Just have fun. They, they literally did. Oh, God. Well, I like love that, those animes. That's like that Ghost Stories anime. Oh, I was just about to say that. Have, <laughs> have you all seen that? Yes. Part of You've it. seen that? <laughs> Touch me. Touch oh, me harder. Oh, God. We could do that for our like special Halloween <laughs> episode. We don't actually have that. a Halloween episode scheduled. Well, then, I guess we found out what we're going to be doing then. <laughs> <laughs> the entire Ghost Stories dub. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a bit of a rough one. Um, Look how we go from Gene Simmons to Kirby to ghost stories. You never know where this podcast will take you. It's a journey or an ruin. adventure. Ruin. Ruin. <laughs> ruin. Yep. I agree. Speaking yeah. of ruin. Speaking of ruin, we read a novel this <laughs> week. The Japan exclusive light novels that I was unaware that they existed until Austin pointed out to us. Alex, did you know about these? I didn't. Well... Maybe vaguely. I'm certain Austin has probably mentioned them in passing before, but to read them is an entirely different story. <laughs> I've never read these. Well, the fan translation wasn't available until semi-recently. Shout out to To Be a Master. Yes, Shout thank out, you Shana. for putting that effort in so we can partake in this. I'm sorry, I'm reading about Richard Simmons flapping someone at an airport. You're still on that? <laughs> oh my god. Did it hurt? I don't know. I wasn't slapped by Richard Simmons on an airport. I just, I just wanted to know the person described it, because he works out a lot, so I was like, I wondered if all that twisting and turning and a little more pizzazz to the slap. God. <laughs> Speaking of fitness, these were Japan-only <laughs> novels. <What? laughs> so, there's two of them. Alright, there's two novels, and the first one came out in 1997, and it was titled The Departure, and then the second one was titled friend and it came out in 1999 and we only but, read the first one yeah we're only doing oh, the thank first god. one i was low-key panicking i was like wait i only read volume one please tell me we didn't have to read volume two yeah there's there's a lot there i know i think it was like last episode we talked about like oh we may do two we may do one we see how it goes no there's no way we could do two this, in one this podcast was dense there was yes. so much information packed in there and it's just it's boom 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 Boom, and, boom, boom. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. If you want, if you don't have enough Pokemon, go read this because 
you'll get your fill of Pokemon by the du- by the time you're done reading this. I recommend everyone read this because it's batshit. You know, I was trying to remember back to when we watched the first couple episodes, which this centers around, and I, I couldn't help but think the whole time I was like, how much detail can you can you put into describing this one action or one scene? I mean, it's just absurd. He goes it, on I mean, for... That, that's, that's the... That's a novel's work. <laughs> I know, but it's so... <laughs> it's it, so much. I'm like, okay. And then, then at the end of each chapter, there's more information that they topple on top of what you okay. already just got. Okay, so, wait a minute. Let's get into it. Yeah, we're going to get into it. No, wait, 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 wait. You can't just skip ahead because the appendixes are the best part. Uh, okay, we'll do the appendices last. <laughs> well, we oh, I thought we do... would do them in order. Well, okay. yeah, last, you know, as a book into each chapter. All right. But don't get there yet. <laughs> no, we won't. we'll start. Yep, we're talking about. We'll start off with the prologue. Oh of boy! The departure. I'll just start by saying this kicks it off with our sort of how Pokemon came to be. You mean our Pokemon creation myth, which isn't even the only Pokemon creation myth within this novel? Within the novel, that's what I got confused. <laughs> We'll get. Yeah, I read this and I was like, okay, we got the layout of how things came to be with Pokemon in the world. But then it gets changed in the next chapter, which we'll talk about in a minute. But it's poetic how it starts with the creation of Pokemon. It says, okay, it was a certain night. So it's just a random night that we have. It's like any other night. You're out there. You're getting drunk like Austin. You're getting. You're having fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. I only get drunk when it's not work night, or I don't have work the next day. Austin <laughs> yeah, he's is not responsible. Alcoholic. It's oh okay. I take caffeine pills. I'm so excited, I'm but I'm not lying. Um, we started a certain <laughs> night, and poof, they're here. <laughs> it reminds me of like the little girl from um, the Poltergeist. They're here. Okay, wait. Can I just ask a question before you get into this? Uh, no, please fever, do take the lead. I can't even remember what happened dream. after that. I feel like drugs were involved. You would be correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because we really... know. Let's not get too into it, but we know Takeshi Shudo has publicly, or he did back when he was alive, publicly stated that there was a lot of drug and alcohol use when it came uh, to his creation process. Then it makes sense. This novel was. Um, I don't know exactly. Um. Maybe tranquilizers. Okay, I don't want to speculate. Um, but yes, it's very, it's very sad. It's very sad what happened yeah, to him. And he died of it, basically. It seems. I did not know that. Oh, oh, you didn't know that the first season of Pokemon was written entirely in a case in a state of intoxication. Because no, I could, true. I could have guessed. I could have guessed that. Yeah, but, and you can but... tell very much in this novel that seemingly did not have an editor. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm assuming the book came afterwards. The show was first. Yeah, I guess yeah. these are like his like story bible notes. No. That he wrote into This is this is yeah. he didn't get to put in what he put in like an anime didn't go where he wanted it to go, so maybe he wanted more to put out there for the fans. Like a lot of background details. Yeah. Oh, in fact, okay. Okay, Takashi Shudo's narrative voice comes into play all the time throughout this entire yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And all throughout he's like very passive aggressive like you may only care about Ash and Pikachu, but 
but there's a whole bunch of other shit you don't know and you can skip it if you want but that's the really interesting stuff and he's right that is the really interesting stuff <laughs> i loved i loved reading this part it's like you can skip this if you want to but i wouldn't you know <laughs> it's like okay yeah because you wrote it but he was an odd for... man but i kind of love was... him <laughs> i love the way he writes because it's just <laughs> it's like, a trip it, man it's a very sarcastic very we can tell where this show got its sense of humor from because he like did not give a shit about <laughs> conventions. <laughs> and like you said, he didn't even hire like an editor. He was just like published. Well, okay, like, I'm, uh, I'm sure there was an editor in a literal sense. It was but he, it's, him though. Yeah, <laughs> he probably did it himself. How do you edit this? I mean, I feel like the editor, if there was one, probably took a, one look at this and they were like, you know what? I'm not really going to change much of this. Because... <laughs> this is like the room where Tommy was so just like was his own editor. And he said, leave it in. Just leave it in. But Basically. we already have a story explaining the origin. No, we need two. We need two that contradict each other. If you cut too much out, the mag- some of the magic is lost. I mean, you've got to yeah. you, you have to leave most of this stuff in for context. OK, for the most part, I didn't give a I did not care when it was basically recapping the episodes yeah i didn't yeah but, but occasionally you put in like little details that we didn't know or like slightly change events right it was the it was the background info that was really like whoa what the hell is this so to continue on with the prologue um jacob like you were saying god we don't even know what the first paragraph yet no <laughs> <laughs> no this we're this is oh good lord this is gonna be a long episode <laughs> that's why alex is editing it Yep, oh that's my true. god, thanks. Is this why you pass it off to me? Because you knew it was going to be like this? Honestly, I'm stumped on how to like format this episode, so that's why I pass it on to you. Well... We could use some fresh blood for editing. Again, I'll say to the audience, read read this, because it's it's a roller coaster. We will not do it justice in describing no, what, what is happening in this novel. Well, I guess if there's no objections, I'll just read off some of my notes. Okay. Oh, I should probably look at my... Um, so basically this, and how to summarize this, because I feel like we can talk for hours, but he basically describes a dream he has, like, once a month where he can see the universe. So. Okay, he is Ash, but we don't know that at first. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, can I just say I thought it was him? I thought it was Takashi Shudo describing this and not <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, at first, it doesn't, it doesn't read like Ash. No, no it, it doesn't. doesn't. Ash, it's too articulate. Yeah, he becomes the Ash we know during the narrative events but during this opening sequence it's very like formal and yeah uh, like ethereal (laughs) is this from the future it was really weird because he describes it okay so he has this dream where he can see the universe and then he hears music echoing through his body that sounds like it's from one of those huge like church organs that go from like floor to ceiling and he says something like it's a familiar melody like one from the game pokemon he was hearing the pokemon yes. theme and i'm like it happens more than once they reference the yes. pokemon video games and i'm like yes. whoa yeah. it's like the game was first and then like the game became reality almost. but the game features like the people that live in the yes, world but, like yeah, rock and it's... misty and giovanni <laughs> yes i don't know what's going on yeah, that one that tripped me up. That's why I thought it was like Takashi Shudo's fever dream and yeah. not Ash's, which like you said later we find out it's his perspective. I mean, but what is real and what is not real in this is like really up in the air because some like the narrative voice switches so often I'm never quite sure who who's talking. <laughs> like all of a sudden it is Takashi Shudo and he's talking to us, the reader, the child reading this book in 1997 Japan. 
and it's like you need to pay attention. Like your mother has had a lot of sacrifices for you. And oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's some thoughts on that. Let me just tell you. Oh, oh my God! Delia is the main character of this. Okay. Yeah, yes. she really is. <laughs> she steals the show easily. Well, I thought this this prologue was kind of fitting for the actual time frame we're in because. Then he starts talking about, okay, it got really weird because he started talking about how Charmander can be used as a cigarette lighter. And then he dreams about Charizard, who apparently was flying through space and then, I don't know, re-enters the Earth's atmosphere. Then he goes to the Olympics. The Pokey-Olympics. The Pokey-Olympics. <laughs> Which happened every four years in yep. Tokyo. I was like, okay, that's fitting then for our current time, but... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, it is. This is. Yeah, this is perfect timing. I was thinking that too. I was like, "Oh my god, we couldn't have picked a better time to read this." The Charizard was apparently the final torch runner in the Poke Olympics, which is funny because I'm pretty sure this novel came out before the League episodes came out, in which Ash is the final torch runner for the League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he does have a Charizard. So this he is knew the it from previous the beginning. Four years. I, what was the weird thing where the Poke Olympics are explained, and then like it says? But I don't know if the Pokemon League is real or not. I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You just explained it in deep detail, and now we're we're not sure if it's actually, you know, for real. But the Pokemon League is real. Yeah, it is real. Like, it's they mention trip. it. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Don't the, ask. I don't know. Any other thoughts on that prologue? Uh, we, I think we mostly skipped the creation myth of Pokemon appearing overnight. Like, pop, 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 there are Pokemon. Oh, it's Pon, Pon, Pon. Pon, Pon, Pon. And we also skipped... The explanation of real animals. Oh yeah, in, in the Oxford English Dictionary. That's what got that me going part first. Was really weird. It goes in detail about the fact that real animals exist in the Pokemon world and the nature of Pokemon and how they're not animals. They're this is what we've discussed before. In fact, a lot of this novel read like Takashi Shudo time traveled, listened to our podcast, and addressed the questions. <laughs> yes, yeah, but yeah, it really does. <laughs> It's they're portable beasts or something like that, and so they're di- they're different from animals, but they got their names derived from the the Oxford Dictionary, which right. I loved how he went in detail explaining it what the Oxford Dictionary actually is in case a little kid wouldn't know what the Og- the Oxford Dictionary was. Well, would a Japanese kid know what the Oxford Dictionary is? Do they have a Japanese counterpart? No, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was yeah. interesting about. I was like, okay, that's cool that he actually went into detail in kind of explained where these names came from which is odd why why so i guess i mean that sort of explains you know the questions we had before in that when like i think he gives an example like a turtle like pokemon like that's how that came to be like that's why they describe Mm -hmm. it that way because you're like okay did turtles exist in the pokemon world well apparently like how would they know to describe it as a turtle like squirtle for example like a turtle like pokemon like the word turtle has to come from somewhere oh, should, should we talk about ca- canon because i think we can clearly say this is not canon i, I think larger. it's the canon i think I the think anime and stuff's the canon. non-canon <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I, I would prefer this to be the canon to what okay actually... it's a canon but it's <laughs> not <laughs> our primary canon how about that <laughs> what is the primary canon then the, the manga, oh. yeah, but he he was the he was the writer from the show for. Mm. So wouldn't this canon be like? Wouldn't this supersede? Yeah, no, death power of, the of authority. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Austin, death of the author is a real thing, though. Uh, I liked okay. it. So moving on. <laughs> I like this novel. <laughs> it was 
crazy. Um, chapter one is our introduction to Ash in the waking world. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I thought it was really cute that he was practicing his catchphrases and poses in the mirror for hours on end. Okay, that part was very strange to me. Like, not the fact that he was practicing his pose, because, you know, what what kid wouldn't? You know, they're trying to be cool, trying to practice, like, you know, how they would catch their Pokemon. Okay. But the whole, like, he went into extreme detail over the word get. Yeah, that yes. seemed weird, but I think it's because it was an English word, get. Yeah, he's, he so, did a great, yeah. I actually really like that he did that, looking at it from... Like, the perspective of, like, a Japanese reader, like, that verb may not exist in that context. So, to, like, having that thorough explanation of that word, and he, gosh, he goes maybe a little overboard, overboard, but, yeah, he, I actually kind of like that part. I thought that was really cool. Pokemon, get to the thing. <laughs> <laughs> they go into such detail about it, and, you know... He explains that the word get was used primarily to refer to men who obtained a girl. And I was like, okay, what? Is that how that loan word was used in Japan at one point? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because it says nowadays it is no longer part of common vernacular. So they don't use that word there. Yeah. Hmm. Except for when they catch Pokemon. Except for when they catch Pokemon. Oh, sorry, uh, they, when they get Pokemon. Get but Pokemon. that was Ash. Right. I thought that was the whole point of it was Ash was using that word. It's not necessarily a word that's widely used. Again, canon. Um, okay. <laughs> this, is can- this is canon. <laughs> it was, no, it's not that canon. Was, that, was a weird, <laughs> that was a weird sequence of that. But uh, We need to address, too, this chapter is called Departure in Pajamas mm-hmm. for the first one. The, okay, I'm looking at it now. Then we, like, transition into... Shudo takes over talking again. This is where it gets really, really weird. The, the quote, This country heavily resembles 20th century Japan, but there are some differences. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, yep. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even want to... Who wants to spearhead this? Oh, okay. my gosh. <laughs> um, so, it kind of... It kind of confirms what we already knew, which is 10-year-old children are legal adults who can do whatever they want. Oh, my gosh. That's very And then then we get into some detail about that. The nitty-gritty. Please please enlighten us. 10-year-olds pay taxes. 10-year-olds can get married without parental permission. Um, There's a law. Yeah, there's a law. I like how it states... um, the primary graduates adulthood law yep. makes the Pokemon world a lot closer to England than it does Japan. Because as we know, in England, at 10 years old, you can get married. Yes, you have all the adult all a legal rights. adult. Why was that there? Apparently, people in Japan think in England, children just do whatever <laughs> they want. <laughs> this is where he got the inspiration from. <laughs> oh my I mean, gosh. I guess it explains the whole, like, kids who are 10 can like go and wander the countryside or whatever but the fact that he i mean i guess that sort of addresses the question we had before like what do you do if you're not a pokemon trainer like yeah they explain that you can continue i mean primary school ends at age 10 but they can continue on with their education if they want to Mm -hmm. they treat you like an adult if you break the law like 
Yeah, I was about to say we don't have that utopian uh, no, this perspective in this one. Yeah, this yeah. is like a dystopia. <laughs> yeah. There's no crime in the Pokemon world, but apparently in this book, at ten years old, you could get the book. You know, I think I think Shudo was a cynical man. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so too. Yeah, it, it's pretty apparent. It's pretty interesting to me because then they go into they start going into detail about Pallet Town. And how like this is wild. Oh my god, this is great. (laughs) This is I love this. (laughs) He explains that Pallet Town is in the boondocks. There's hardly any jobs, so most kids become trainers. Like that's their one path because there's no other alternative. So they all become trainers. But Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's like that boxing story of like the people who just fight in the pits to get some kind of fame and glory when there's nothing to do else in the neighborhood. Who wants to talk about Pallet Oak? I guess I will talk about Pallet Oak. Please uh, do. <laughs> I'm passing the buck. Uh, over a hundred years ago, Professor Oaks was it great great grandfather something like something that. his ancestor yep. Pallet Oak <laughs> got within the top thousand trainer rankings. He was 931 yes. in the yes, national and trainer. They rank. renamed the town after him, and now in present day, all the Pallet Town kids want the town to be renamed after them. So, Gary Town, here we come. <laughs> Gary Town. Well, you know what I was thinking this whole time? We had this conversation a few weeks ago, and I think, Jacob, it, it was you who brought this up, about how, like, how is Oak so rich? Like, how yep. is he this prominent figure? And it all makes sense now, because this Pallet Oak person was basically worshipped as a god yep. and treated like royalty. And so I was thinking that this whole time. I'm like... No wonder. I was too. I was like, okay, this explains the Porsche we see in the anime. This explains like exactly. the lab. This explains the the acreage that he owns, all this land, and why he's so looked upon. He himself in the anime is almost like kind of like the word of wisdom or the god of right. the town. Jacob, you, know? you, you called all the subtext because I did. Too. I was you were about everything involving Oak. Yeah, <laughs> like I. J- that was my very first thought. I'm like, Jacob called this because the fact that Oak is just some, I mean, yeah, he's a professor, which I guess is prestigious, but his nice house, his car, like all this stuff. I call it a lot of stuff. And as I was reading this, I just started laughing because I was like, oh my God, I made all this up and it actually is canon. <laughs> let's get, let's get into it. Jacob knew how old the cheerleaders were. Yep. I knew that they were Jacob. hired. I knew Are you they were sure? hired. Are you sure you did not read this and just forgot? I thought that too. I thought had Jacob read this before and he was fucking with us the whole time. I swear. I I guess I think like him because I was reading this and I was like, oh my God, I totally would make this like a biblical story where, you know, and I totally would make the cheerleaders not a part of the town. Like there would be political corruption. They're they're hired (laughs) part-time workers. The mayor, uh, Gary's like, step or uh whatever great uncle i'm pretty certain hired. jacob did say that that they came from a different town yeah i did i said they <laughs> yeah. came from another town and they were hired all their age it said they were specifically middle school age so they're like yep. 12 to 14 which you called <laughs> <laughs> which explains why they called brock older than them okay yep. <laughs> oh, it lines oh up God. so perfectly jacob are you sure you're not like takashi shudo's like son or something <laughs> i think so I He's think a reincarnation so. of Takashi Shudo. And I made a whole bunch of money writing a book. Oh, you know? my gosh. <laughs> Jesus, I couldn't help but read this and laugh. It was crazy. It was like beat for beat, exactly <laughs> what you call. I know. <laughs> I was hoping y'all, I was about to breathe it up, but oh, my God. I was like, I totally called all this. I didn't even, I stopped reading because I was like, oh, I already know how this story's going to end, so. 
So, Austin, the next part was the part that you brought up before, too, about Delia and her restaurant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Give us the whole backstory here. All right, let's just do a recap. Oh, boy. First of all, yeah, like we said earlier, Delia's the real protagonist here. Yep. He was very clearly yeah. interested in Delia and her life, her tragic life. God. <laughs> I love how he goes in detail about her, like, oh, the suffering, oh, the pain, oh, the... Poor Delia. Yeah, poor Delia. First of all, I guess this is a lot more like the Delia we see in season one, where it describes them as like a brother and sister pairing, Ash and Delia. Well, she's so young. Yeah, yeah she she's looks eight, so not young. yet 30. Yeah. And she looks like she's in her early 20s. Yeah, what age did she have Ash? She had Ash at 19. 19? Okay, I thought it was, I couldn't remember if it was 18 or 19. Her mother owned, was it Pallet House? Yeah, restaurant. The only yeah, restaurant. The only in restaurant. Town. Flash Hotel, which apparently is Ash's house, is Pallet House. That's awesome. I love that, by the way. So, and that's why this isn't canon, because we know the house is not a hotel yeah. restaurant. It's, yeah. it's underground in the, <laughs> it's underground the anime. There's more that you don't see. Delia's mother died. Delia was a teen model. She married a random man who came to town, which is very much like what we speculated. Yeah, just this, like, drifter who came yep. into town, and she fell in love with him at first sight, and then he it was leaves her. Cousin. They do get married, it says that. Yeah, they get married. But she did, never divorces him, which I'm like, well, how could she divorce him? He's nowhere to be found. He's, he just leaves. And her mom died, like you said. That's sad. Her mom died, um, so she had to take a family business. It said she wanted to be a Pokemon trainer, but she couldn't due to family obligations. Her father abandoned them when she was a young girl. Just one thing after another. Oh, and it got this whole weird thing about, like, the men of Pallet Town. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> apparently ash was a bully child which i believe yeah and okay yeah sorry this this whole part this whole part got crazy <laughs> it's all crazy well like you said early on about you know the perspective of a mother in general and like what what your mom really thinks and i was like whoa like this got takashi shido sounded really like jaded and then it's like yes yeah whoa 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 it got really crazy like at one point, he says something like, do you know what your mother thinks when you're playing outside or playing video games? A lot of them are thinking, damn it, not because you're spending your time playing, but because they want to play too, but can't. They think, lucky brat, when you buy toys for yourself with allowance money because they can't buy new clothes or shoes. It's like a humbling life lesson he's trying to include in this. It's like, you have the privilege to do this. Be thankful. Be thankful for the fact that you can. But this is like his perspective of mothers or whatever. It's like, like how a narcissist would be like when they're making dinner they think i don't yeah. want to do this because they'd rather have a fancy chef make them a meal i don't think most it's resentment unless you're a narcissist you wouldn't think this kind of stuff i feel like with a lot of people there is kind of like an underlying resentment yeah. but i feel like with also with a lot of people you know your paternal or parental instincts kind of like tell you this is what you got to do it's you know, yeah. you love your children. You that's what you, you do. You take, <laughs> yeah. you take care yeah, of you them. You because, provide for them. You know, because you right. love them. You do it because you want to do it, not because. I mean, I guess this whole thing is like I don't know. Delia is a little bit resentful because she was such a young teen mom. She was raising mm. a kid while all her other friends were going out and having fun. She was on MTV. You know, it was sort of like her youth was wasted, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, well, dang, you do what you have to do for your kids, like. He does say, though, that every time she looks at Ash, she sees his father. So I think that there's a lot of resentment there built oh, yeah. upon the fact that, you know, he left. Delia's the best character in Pokemon. 
I like how that whole part where she lies to Ash, like, at, at first she tells him that her her dad, like, the grandpa and then, you know, Ash's father were surreal trainers. But then she's like, actually, I lied to you. They're actually failures. <laughs> yes, at age yeah. five, when she gives Ash a computer with the internet, she's like, I know you're going to Google your pa- your father. So, just so you know, your father was a loser. Yeah, he didn't so amount to anything. Father. Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, think, I thought that was fair. I guess way to temper some expectation there, but still. Who gives a five-year-old a computer? You didn't ha- You didn't play on the computer when you were? Yeah, but it wasn't my computer. So it was his own personal computer. Which I guess is a game reference. Remember, as she's handing him the computer, she's thinking, I should have this computer. This computer should be mine. I should be able to Google <laughs> and look up all this stuff. This is my stuff. You shouldn't have the computer. You shouldn't be able to play games. Yeah, she's very, there's, there's a hint of bitterness um, <laughs> behind this whole thing. <laughs> And um, Austin, you were saying before about Delia's Pallet House and how the men of Pallet Town would go there. It it got weird. It got like not sexual, but pretty fucking close. Yeah. (laughs) All these men with like marital disputes and like who don't father domestic abuse. Yeah. Well, I didn't say that. They go to Delia's house or to whoa. Okay. (laughs) They go to Delia's restaurant where she gives them a stern talking to and they go home to their wives. That's a thing in Japan, though. That is a thing. The restaurant owner slash bartender. Except she doesn't serve alcohol. What the fuck? Yeah, you don't have to. It's like some kind of I watched a little documentary. It was like they have these bars and I can't remember if it's called like the aunt or the mama of the bar. So she's the mama of Halitown. She's the mama and older men. Yeah, and older men would come in there, and this is true, and they come in there and they ask for, like, life advice, or they just talk about, like, problems they're going through, and the mama of the bar, which I can't remember if it's called the mama, I just want to, I think it's called the mama, gives advice and sort of, like, kind of guides them in the right direction of how to solve their problems. So we're putting the suffering of immature men onto women as a burden. Yeah, 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 basically. I'll find the documentary. I like how they do go out, or Takashishiro goes out of his way specifically to say that none of the wives of these men seem to mind because Delia teaches them how to be better fathers. There you go. See? It's working. So it's okay. He goes out of his way to say Delia doesn't fuck with these guys. Like, she's not yeah. She's not fucking around. Yeah. yeah. I like the part, though, it goes on to say after that, you know, that if she ever saw Ash's father again, she'd simply ignore him but that she's secretly excited for Ash to leave because she'll finally be free. Yep, I just saw that too. I was like, oh my God. I was like, wow, Delia, <laughs> tell us what you really feel. Yeah. But it got more complex than that because she was like, the novel ends with her crying. <laughs> Ooh, this is a lot. It is. Uh... Oh, let's not forget the part. So I also have a note here that says that Ash has his anxiety dream about choosing his first Pokemon. <laughs> like he ends up choosing, you know, one after the other, but... Like, if he calls out Squirtle, for example, a Bulbasaur came out or whatever. And then he tells them all, oh, no, actually, I meant to pick you. I meant to pick yes. you. And then in the end, they all leave him because he was he playing. He couldn't pick one. <laughs> I had to note out, point out the, the alarm clock, Pidgey, Voltorb alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Delia left town for three days. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> waited in line to get up the she waited in line for five hours. The tragedy of the alarm clock that yep. I never give a second thought to. Yep. Now that we know it's it's backstory. Yeah, the details he gives of some of this stuff, it's like, ugh. you know, I didn't need to know that, but I'm glad I know it now. I will say this. I did call his mom saying, I'm not going to wake him up. It's up to him. She was busy. She was at work. Yeah, she was busy. Dude, she even said, I'm not going to wake you up. She took that turn in 10 seriously with the adult thing. 
I mean, yeah, that's the world we live in. They, they're grownups. That made me think about her. Like, when she was modeling, she did it from 10 to, like, 17, right? Does it give the age range that she modeled in? It says she was appeared on a cover one time. One time? Okay. When she was 17. Yeah, but it was, like, a special New Year's edition or something. Oh, yeah, which... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was like, okay. <laughs> I kind of feel like, was that more of, like, a pinup thing or something? Like, Which is another thing Jacob said in our podcast. Yes, like She yes. was on the cover of, like, something like that. Yeah. She was a Playboy like, model. Called, he even called the name. It was, like, Pokey Pal or something yep. like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was... Are you sure you didn't read this? I swear I did. I when I'm I completely that was just out of thin air. I pulled that, and I was about to point that out. But that made me think of like she wasn't married at the time that came out. So I think that guy, that creeper guy, or Ash's <gasps> father, saw that picture, traced her down, and that's how they ended up together. Because they talk oh. about him being a drifter and kind of creepy. So. I swear, in the next novel, we're gonna meet Ash's dad, and he's actually gonna have been going around Canto impregnating women, and like. <laughs> yes. Like we we already speculated on <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Ash, you have four half-brothers. More than More that. than that. That I know of. All right. Anything else? Just a minor note. Delia sees Ash and is like, oh my god, you overslept. And Ash is like, ah! Yeah, he freaks out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we, should, we get into our first appendix. Yes. Oh, every. Boy. This is a continuation after every chapter there is an appendix that goes a little deeper into the Pokemon world. And this is the one... <laughs> that totally contradicts what we just read in the prologue a little bit. But we do see the return of religion brought back into the Pokemon world. So what did y'all think about the introduction of God and <laughs> how he created Pokemon and how they didn't just magically appear? It was it was God. God did it. What? By the way, we should know who wrote these appendices, which is Bill. Bill. <laughs> Bill wrote them. <a> <laughs> Oh my god. When I was reading this, I didn't know what this was. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it gets into that. And I was like, what? The? We just read. They appear overnight. What? The? And then I realized that from there on, that where this book was going to go. Yeah. Well, Bill believes, or at least he's reporting that some people believe that in Genesis, God didn't actually take Sunday off. He spent the, ex- the last day <laughs> doodling in some new creatures called his Pokemon. So they're like a supernatural. Yep, entity. entity. Yep, yeah. I was about to say that. <laughs> He's like, he, did, he was on the seventh day relaxing, and he didn't feel fulfilled with the creations that he already previously made. So he decided to add more to it. I like the part where he said, <laughs> um, and I'm like, oh, I guess we're going to, this is getting a little deep here, but it says something like, um, God, when God created humans, he said, go rule over the creatures of the world. And then he told the other creatures, humans are your masters. Whether or not the other creatures objected or not is not recorded in the legend. Since the legend has been passed down among humans, it'd be easy for them to cut out any parts that made them look bad. <laughs> oh my god. And I also oh like god. how the Genesis story in, in this world is like an obscure legend from a rural area that not many people <laughs> yeah. know of. So like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> so, like you guys said... God created Pokemon on Sunday, but then didn't tell them either to rule over humans or be ruled by them. So it's sort of like ambiguous. It's like this is either going to overtake humans or the humans are going to, it's going to be like a battle to see who's actually top dog. Yeah, I feel like the implications are a little, I don't know, you've got Pokemon with like above average intelligence and the fact that like people are controlling them, like. Should we get into the discussion of Pokemon intelligence and Pokemon communication? (laughs)
Chapter 2 is our introduction to Professor Oak and his bizarro backstory. Oh, boy. (laughs) Basically, at age 20, presented a thesis that Pokemon are not like animals, and everyone lost their goddamn minds. Yeah, that wasn't really (laughs) remarkable, but okay. Yeah, you've never seen a squirrel shoot electric bolts out of its tail? Yeah. Well, apparently people just don't pay attention to animals. I don't know. He became a professor at age 25. And then mysteriously moved back to Pallet Town in his 30s with no explanation and no one knows why. And there's various theories as to what <laughs> happened and they're all dramatic. <laughs> yeah, somebody broke his heart is one of them. Like, By an actress. Yeah, an actress. A famous actress broke his heart. No mention of the fact that he has a grandchild, meaning he has to have a child. Yes. Like, no timeline is given on that one. He created it in his lab. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Now we're getting into, like, the birth of Mewtwo kind of shit. I love how, I think one of my favorite things is when he, he's talking about the researchers and, like, Oak and all them, and he goes, just like Pokemon, the researchers are mysterious as well. <laughs> like, that is so perfect with the yeah, people that we meet. that was written by Bill in his Kabuto costume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, and Seymour, <laughs> Ron Oh, Hubbard. God. I was like... <laughs> uh, Dr. Akihabara. Akihabara, yeah. I was like, that is so perfect. With, that explains a lot with all these weird freaking people running around. Oh, oh, there's this weird thing where Ash doesn't have a relationship with Oak. He's only ever seen him at the pallet house, Colvin Delia, like yeah. late at night where he orders simple food he could get at the corner store. Curry. Yeah, Curry and Delia doesn't seem to notice him, but he only ever comes late at night. So Professor Oak is a weirdo. He's wearing a trench coat with his face covered. He just wants some curry. Yeah, the characterization of Oak is very... Odd. Weird. Yeah. Oh, like, it's, like he's a weirdo. Like he like doesn't care about people. <laughs> yeah. He wants to be like secluded, but you know that's totally contradictory to the anime where you know. Yeah. I have some notes on Professor Oak please, later, but please. yes, read them. Should I get into that now, or should we get? Should we stay? We're not really talking about like the events of the episodes that we all know. We're get, kind of getting into like weird, the weird okay, shit. Okay, so <laughs> that's the main thing. Yeah. Then I'll just I'll just read some of my notes. So, like you said, pr- this Professor Oak is very weird. Like, I mean, I know we talked about this early, early on. How Professor Oak, he's like a sadist or whatever, because that whole part yep. where he watches Ash choose Pokemon that he knows were already picked by the punctual trainers, which. I know I talked about this. Shudo <laughs> confirmed what we thought. Yeah. Oak's yeah. Oak's a dick. He's a, yeah. And he and then it goes out of its way to say, quote, Professor Oak seems to be the type of person who not only doesn't think about others, but also doesn't care about them. And then apparently he's a very unkempt and not hygienic person because he has <sighs> a lot of dandruff. And it was mentioned on two separate occasions. Like he ha- he was like itching his head. And then after... Ash gets introduced to Pikachu and it electrocutes them. It says, while Ash's hair was simply letting off a few residual sparks, Oak's hair was standing on end and letting off smoke due to all the dandruff. And I was like, ew, ew. Oh, I wish it would have. I wish Oak was like this dirty, decrepit old man. I, I kind of think of Oak as like a, like a kind of, well, I mean, he's a weirdo, but he's like a kind of a suave-ish kind of guy. Not like this a, Oak. Yeah. This Oak is a creepy, Smells unkempt, bad. unhygienic recluse. And then this whole part where he gets the defective Pikachu, like this particular Pikachu. I guess Pikachu in general is supposed to be nice or whatever. So he gets this defective <laughs> one. And, and Oak replies that... <laughs> He says that Pikachu are, in general, gentle and get along well with people, and goes on to say that he's raised several of them as pets. And then Ash says, well, 
if in that case, can I just have one of those? And he's like, what? You expect me to give away one of my beloved pets? Like, I was like, what? He's given this kid this, just like, foaming at the mouth Pikachu. Pikachu. We also later get, like, this whole backstory on Pikachu. Like, Pikachu was specifically existed to be a trainer Pokemon, and he, like, was raised in isolation. He's and, leftovers. Like, yeah, he bristles against the concept of being owned by a human. Yeah. He, like, makes a conscious decision. I never want to be in a Pokeball again. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I like how Pikachu keeps his little attitude. He doesn't become like, like, he doesn't go away. (laughs) I mean, I guess it coincides with the actual show, but... So Oak asks him if he's going to give Pikachu a nickname. And I really thought it was cute, the nicknames that he had come up with for Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Charming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like Sauron for Bulbasaur. Is Squirty the Squirtle? Nerdy Ash. We didn't even really get into, like, bullied Ash and how, like, he was bullied so hard and only Delia being, like, the town mom saved him. But apparently he was athletic because he was an excellent pitcher when playing baseball. Well, that explains something we see later on in the anime, but I thought that was cool little backstory. I don't get why he was, why would he get picked on so much because of, you think that would make him popular with that being, like, a very popular sport? Okay, can you imagine being in elementary school and there's fucking Ash in your classroom, like, being... being Ash. Yeah, <laughs> yes. The the dumbass kid who's always yelling. Yeah, yeah he would get bullied. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was. I thought the implication was more. He got bullied because he's fatherless. He his dad mm-hmm. walked out. He didn't have a dad, and his mm. mom was kind of like rumored to be this like. I mean, she's yeah. a young single mom who has been prepositioned by a lot of guys, and the rumor around that was that she sleeps around. So. Imagine being, I mean, kids do that now. Like if, if the mom or whatever is suspected to be this easy person, I mean, the kids yeah, bully you They would that. hear, oh, your mom is the town. Yeah, not like, the traditional family model, yeah. like the rest of the town. So the cover model. Yeah. She's this kind of provocative figure. She's this young, pretty, beautiful model girl that. But she's still married. So. Yeah. <laughs> so no wonder they, he got bullied. Oh, I don't. It, well, do we have any more thoughts on Oak? Because I want to back up to All right, Gary. Gary. I have thoughts on Gary. <laughs> I like how they characterized Gary, or how Takashishido described his outfit. Yeah, he a tuxedo. I love that. That makes sense, though. Yes. I wish they would move that in anime, because he is, he's going off at a Porsche. He would be spoofed up like that to be better than everyone else. I did appreciate that way more. Like, in the show, he's just wearing, like, I don't know, his weird outfit, where, like, he has, like, that long tunic shirt and some pants and boots or whatever. But this Gary is wearing a frilly shirt with a tuxedo and a Catalea flower, which I googled is a kind of orchid pinned to his lapel so i was like okay he's really fancy it goes on and on about like gary's attitude and how Oak even says like he needs to outgrow that if he's gonna be better not be a horrible adult i like that part too <laughs> of including like ash or oak's aware of gary's snarkiness and his attitude and i think that brings he brings it up in the anime too though i think at one point so i mean that's how red and blue end yeah is with oak saying humbleness blue was a fucking screw yeah. up like <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. yeah. <laughs> He didn't have the right perspective or attitude to be the best ever was. Dang. Good for you putting him in his place. All right, appendix time. Appendix. Okay, I have some information about this one. Okay. Okay. Did you know gaming, the YouTube channel? I love that channel. Recently posted. Yeah, did you see the recent videos they posted about the Pokemon? No, I haven't. Okay, apparently there's another Pokemon book, Japan only, that's very obscure, that they acquired for several thousand dollars and had the original translator for Red and Blue and various other Pokemon games translate. Wow. And it had all this like crazy information, much like this novel we're reading. And a lot of the information in this appendix comes from that book. Oh, like the French guy and all that stuff? Yeah, like Count Tajirin. Count, Count Tajirin. Tajirin. 
well, it's um, Satoshi Tajiri. Yeah. The whole thing about Professor Westwood and the glasses. Oh, my God. That was being experimented on mm-hmm. ended up going into a glasses case. And that's how they confirm that Pokemon can be captured. But you you missed the best part. He was experimenting on a primate, but he accidentally weakened it with a drug overdose. Yeah, Yeah, that was... What? 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 Oh, my God. Does it say what he actually gave him? Whatever Shido was taking? Yeah, I guess what I was thinking is, I guess it was some kind of, like, tranquilizer or something, maybe. Yeah. But this this clearly contradicts it. It says that 1925 was when it was... That Professor Westwood, whatever, it was discovered that they could be caught in capsules, which clearly contradicts the fact that, like, you know, there's, like, apricorn balls, and even now in this Pokemon Legends Arceus game that's slated to come out, ancient Japan, they were using those weird, like steam capsules mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. to catch pokemon that so clearly this is this shit's not canon no, no. <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> i was like 1925 is not that long ago really is this when he gets into like the well if we call them pocket monsters because they go into pocket capsules what did we call them before we found out about that in the 20th yeah. century yeah. it's like it's like they don't have any he doesn't have an answer probably because he doesn't no, because he's making this shit up on the fly. So back to the fact that he caught it inside of a gl- reading glasses case, mm-hmm. which makes zero sense at like zero sense. Well, you just throw it at it and it opens up, and then I mean it just folds right in there. I mean, I mean that, make, that kind of makes sense, yeah. I think, because like that's kind of an inherent property of Pokemon is they go into they they have the ability to go into small containers. It's the first ever device invented by man that closes automatically. You know, like just a little pressure and it snaps close. So that would be. Why that is the tool that's canon. Well, they they go into more detail in Chapter Four's appendix, which Ooh. we. Uh... <laughs> but uh, we should probably know, Alex. Your favorite thing comes up when they say they currently have 151 known species. Oh, which, oh yeah. god! That also comes from that uh, other book published by Game Freak. Oh yeah, that was a Game Freak published thing, so it's a uh, game canon. Yeah, this is anime canon allegedly. We may have to read that one. How do you know how long that one is? The one from... Well, it's not available, but I only saw the... They have, like, a series of three videos, and they're really long. And okay. It goes into, like, all sorts of crazy shit. <laughs> like this? Like this right now? Yeah, like crazy shit like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, like, this one got me, too, with um the Aristotle reference with... Yeah, there's a lot of real Yeah, people. there's... That's what I was thinking about reading a bunch of this stuff, like, you know, tying in Genesis, tying in, you know, Aristotle, and I don't know if this French guy is real, but... It'd be cool if he was. No, Satoshi Tajiri and <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. No, no that's, that's not real. <laughs> but that was really. I thought that was really cool to mix in like actual history with the creation and research part. It seems to me that for Takashi Shudo, anyway, the lines between reality and fiction, like Pokemon, are kind of blurred a little bit. So. next couple chapters are very like you said uh, before austin these are very play by play of the actual episodes yeah so we can just kind of skip through them um ash tries to bond with pikachu by recreating et wait are (laughs) we in chapter you we've got chapter chapter three chapter 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 three three, spiro on the day of departure Mm -hmm. yes he tries to have an et moment and 
There's like <laughs> I, I like how it's misogynistic Ash again because he's like E.T. was only a movie to make girls cry. Girls are stupid. Like it made Delia <laughs> cry. Apparently, I don't know if E.T. is a crying movie, but uh, I guess when they're leaving at the end, maybe what? like at the end of it, maybe it is kind of. E.T.'s kind of scary. E.T. Anyway. E. is that scared me as a child. Yeah, me too. I thought you would have had more to say, Austin, about the Pokedex. Why do you think I'm obsessed with the Pokedex? Because you love Dexter. Yeah, you love Dexter. I love making fun of Dexter. Make fun of him. Well, this this iteration of Dexter, I wrote, this Pokedex, at least, is full of wisdom. Like, it was spewing out all these proverbs or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and Pikachu apparently is intelligent enough to operate this thing. But anyway. Yeah, Pikachu, Pikachu's behavior contradicts what we later established. Like, Pikachu has an intimate knowledge of language and technology. That, yeah. Yeah. Which is what we see in the show, but... I mean, this one particular, like... Pokedex? Yeah. The Pokedex says, a wise Pikachu doesn't waste... No, he wants Pikachu to battle this Pidgey that he finds, or whatever. And then Pikachu presses a button on the Pokedex, and it says, a wise Pikachu doesn't waste electricity. This means that strong, the strong prefer not to pick on pick meaningless battles with the weak. This proverb is also known for being used by power companies during energy <laughs> conservation campaigns. That oh my god. <laughs> That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I like that. I thought that was actually cool. It's like a little... I guess. I'm assuming that's an actual yeah. Japanese proverb or idiom that got Pokemonified. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he tries to catch the Pidgey like he does in the show with his shirt or whatever. Yeah. Oh, Ash. He gets frustrated mm. after Rattata eats his stuff and his the bag. The stupid trainer stupid line was there. Yeah, the stupid trainer <laughs> stupid line. Stupid trainers. He provokes the Spearows, ends up getting chased. They jump into the waterfall to escape they get reeled up by misty which Ooh, let's get to that oh. Oh. oh apparently that that lake is yeah. called nameless lake yeah <laughs> she's trying to get the creature of the lake known as namelessy Name- which is a great to be a master that was a great job on that one yeah. <laughs> namelessy like bl- nessie, nessie. yeah monster. nessie from the Loch Ness. oh and then ash steals her bike as he does in the mm-hmm. show and then that line of she says <sighs> oh, i have the worst luck with men i won't forgive him and then Takashi Shudo jumps in and says, let me remind you, this girl who has terrible luck with men is only 10 years old. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, she's no. an adult now. So. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Shudo is like, this world is a hellscape. Yeah. Like, mm. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I that was a little weird. I won't go into let's it. Let's not even touch yeah, it. Yeah, I was about to go somewhere. I just... Let's not. Let's keep going. It's at the end of the chapter, except for the appendix. Well, basically, it happens. I mean, it's just a play-by-play of what happens in yeah. the episode. Ash they get chased by Spiro. Yeah, Ash. Do you know who I am, Spiro's? Mm, you I know. Then he Paul. electrocutes yeah. them. I'm gonna catch all of you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The appendix. <laughs> yeah, that's what we care the about. Media. <laughs> <laughs> the media. The media. This appendix is called Portable Beast Behavioral Study by Kondatar Lawrence, Safari University Amazon branch professor. I love Peter this. He was a cynical man. He was a bitter, like... <laughs> <laughs> he, he was pissed about something writing this, obviously. This really was... This was something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was basically a rant about anthropomorphizing animals. Yeah. Like, in real yeah. life. Like, attributing mm-hmm. human traits to them and being like, yeah, but we don't really know they're animals. I mean... Like, yeah, the dog. Which is the dog. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, the dog is yeah, loyal was... and we wanted to treat it like it's a part of us, but it, it's... Like, a dog is not. 
human you know it's i mean i was gonna say i kind of agree with him because there's so many video like animal videos you see online and they're like yeah. oh the animal's smiling or oh it's grateful that you know the person jumped in and rescued it but that's i mean he's right in that we're ascribing human standards to it like it's probably scared it's probably you know terrified it's not smiling or whatever yeah, like, it's just animals breathing don't have that capacity like dogs pant and that's how they you know sweat and stuff like that they're not smiling but we we say they are smiling when we see that i mean i think it's more of the fact of like you know people will put themselves or manufacture these scenarios you know and jump in to save or handle a wild animal and it's like they think that the wild you're you're looking at it like oh the wild animal is definitely grateful but it's probably scared out of its mind like it's like the guy with the polar bears what polar bears yeah the guy who said that he could tame bears and be friends with bears and he thought he befriended a whole bunch of bears and then got eaten alive by the bears and the people are like well duh they're animals it's like that. I mean, it's like, that's exactly the point he's trying to make is like, you can't know animals and what they think. It's like... Yeah, that's right. That's true. But I definitely feel like with domesticated animals that we keep as pets, I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of how they think and what they feel-ish. Well, if they're trained. Sometimes. Yeah. If you train them, that's not, you know. I mean, not all the time. I mean, some domesticated animals, like I've seen videos where like kids are especially rough with the you know, well, yeah. family, cat or dog. And it's like, you know, other people will chime in and say, you know, this isn't right. You know, you need to teach your kids to respect animals because just because they're not scratching or biting now doesn't mean that they're not terrified or uncomfortable. But he basically stretches this out to Pokemon. He basically says, I don't like that in the cartoon, the anime, the Pokemon act like little people, creatures. Yeah. They shouldn't act like that. They should be more animalistic. Yeah. Like He would hate the Pokemon Island episode where they talk to each other and they like have emotions and feelings. That's it. Like they're speaking fluent yeah. language. Yeah. That's what my mind went to. This is where it gets really interesting, I think, because he kind of talks a little bit about Hachi, the dog that waited for his master for like all those years. Yes. But then he says something like, currently among trainers, there have been various incidents resulting in, quote, doing things with your Pokemon. Oh, oh, oh I missed that. Ooh. You missed that? I saw the Hachi thing. I like the Hachi. Oh, no. Story. Keep going. <laughs> oh, shit. You're right. Where, where's that at? Where the line is that after? It's kind of towards the b- bottom. Oh, that was. Yeah, he meant sex. He meant. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, he does mean like. Examples of violations of common sense include being electrocuted when attempting to bathe with your Pikachu. Okay, I didn't think that was sexual. I thought that was just like people bathe their dog jump with you in the shower kind of thing. Yeah, that's a convenience thing. Yeah, but then it says owners get mad and say, "I just wanted my Pikachu to be clean, but as soon as I was naked, it betrayed me." Oh yeah, I just didn't want to give pity. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Oh oh, yeah, the stray killed people yeah yeah the stray pokemon thing it says there's instances where vicious pokemon have injured or killed their trainers 80 86 percent is a huge number 86 percent of trainers have sustained injuries caused by their pokemon would we consider ash to be one of those trainers given that pikachu shocks them all the goddamn time and charges yeah fire Mm -hmm. yeah okay irresponsible you know what this made me think of like if this is such a high statistic 86 percent are killed maimed or otherwise injured do you think that's what happened to Ash's dad and grandpa? There was like a mystery element about where yeah. the hell they were. Yeah, like the fact that they, because I think later, I think maybe it was the, it's the next chapter or the one after that where Ash calls her from the Pokemon Center and Delia makes some sort of comment like, you know, all I wanted to do was be contacted by Ash's dad or grandpa, and the fact that they never did kind of says to me, well, maybe they couldn't because they died. They died. Like they're part of that statistic. 
Yeah. yeah, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, I didn't either. That's a so good point. So maybe it wasn't that they betrayed her and like left her. Maybe they actually just got injured or killed. Like they did abandon her, though. Yeah, they did abandon her. So <laughs> yeah, but maybe they're. I mean, maybe originally sure, but maybe their intention was to reconnect with her. But right. then they were killed. So there was a weird thing with like adult men leaving because Delia's father would have had to be an adult. Ash's father was an adult age person. Why are they going off on trainer journeys? And then it goes like it says like well you could go on trainer journeys later in life, but it's a midlife crisis. This is teenagers, yeah. Good question. It's like an excuse to leave too for these people. It's like oh I'm gonna go be a trainer. Yeah, and there's this whole thing about like women shouldering responsibility for the irresponsible men. Yeah, oh, that's man. why that none of the player characters in the games ever have father figures <laughs> except for Norman. But even he's sort of an absent father. Yeah, he's not the best. Let's not forget in adventures he's an abusive dad. Yeah. Oh well, never mind then. <laughs> Well, that's Adventures. Adventures is also wild. Okay, chapter four. Chapter four. Meowth attack. Yeah, Meowth attack. The only note I had here was the history of Jenny. Oh my god, that's oh, enough in and of itself. Oh no. Okay, let's do yep. it. Yep. Oh, wait, I do want to note real quick before you jump into that, that Palatown hasn't had a crime in over 100 years. I'm going to call bullshit on no that. Poli- <laughs> no police officers or police stations either. They don't have police, but they have a private firefighting group called the Flame Guard. Patrolling every night. What okay. it doesn't say is that the Flame Guard is actually swirls. Is it true? Is that really true? No. No. Oh. no. Well, in the novel, it says that the Flame Guard is swirls. We can't use okay. that joke anymore. Yep. <laughs> All right, talk about Jenny. I really don't have anything to say over Jenny. Um, what are you? Are you serious? This is this is prime stuff, right? Here. Okay, I'll let you cover it. Go for it. <laughs> no, I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, basically, um, what we already knew: the Jennies take over police inspector. Yeah, so two thirds of police officers are Jennies. It's like a family thing. It's like right. they're historical figures. Yes, one out of three people have the name. Jenny. One out of three police officers have the name Jenny. Jenny. Oh, yeah, okay, one out of three. Oh, yeah, this is when it talks about the women um, taking charge of society. Yes. They mm-hmm. play the necessary roles in order for society to function. We won't get into the politics of that. <laughs> you can start down that rabbit hole if you want to, but no, it's not no, going to no, end. No, we're good. It's not going to end. Uh, basically, the Jennies don't want to be used called by their first names or their personal names because they're named after numbers, like Jenny, yeah, one, serial models. Yeah. Like, oh, God, yeah. I was surprised. Jenny's only 19? Yep. This particular Jenny, I this guess. This particular Jenny. But I guess they're all supposed to be around that right. age. I mean, that would that would make sense. That explains a lot about Jenny if she's only 19 yeah. and she has no experience or training. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like if she's 19 and she just fell into this position because of her family, that explains a lot of what we see in the anime where it's just like, uh, 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 oh, these, you know, 12-year-old kids and know better than I am. I guess I'm glad that they kind of gave us somewhat or Takashito gave us somewhat of an explanation as to why they're all named Jenny. I mean, we kind of already knew that. It's a family name. Yeah. It's kind of like they're all expected to be police officers. Like, that's their family mm. legacy, I guess. Yeah. You have no choice. The poor, suffering women of the Pokemon anime world. Yeah. Taking advantage of. I like how it goes on to say most men try to be Pokemon trainers, but most usually fail. Most realize this early enough to change careers, but others chase their dreams till the bitter end and become yeah. useless to society. With an 86% death rate, I mean, there you go. 
<laughs> I mean, of course you're going to fail. That's The odds are not in your favor taking upon this adventure. We meet Joy, and it basically says, yeah, same same stuff with her. Yeah. She a doctor? Yeah. I, yeah, she's a doctor. Yeah. Not think, a nurse. Yeah. I like that. I think that's better. And, and that's what she does. She's yeah. a veterinarian. Like, I think only the dub calls her a nurse. I think in the Japanese, it's just Joy-san. Joy-san? Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I like the fact she's a doctor in this. I think that's better. It makes a lot more sense. She should have been Dr. Joy. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the reason I'm saying that they... I won't go I into this. doesn't fit the lip flap. Yeah. Joy-san, Nurse Joy. Yeah. It is, uh, there's not two syllables, one... Doc Joy? Doc Joy. Doc <laughs> this Joy. is Doc Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Team Rocket appears. Then we get sort of the anime. Uh, this is... I mean, this really follows the Yeah, show. I was about to say, it's just the um, anime. Oh, but I did write a note real quick about Jessie, Team Rocket. It does kind of go into her... Does it say this in the anime? It says that prior to becoming a Pokemon thief, Jesse was an art thief who only stole artwork she thought was beautiful and not necessarily of any value. No, they only talk about the bike gang is the only kind of brief history we get with her. As we know with Jesse, she has multiple thirty thousand different histories. Yeah, that's I don't, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a fun joke. Yeah, are you talking about like what we've seen so far, Alex, or like at any point in the anime? At, at any point, I don't, I don't think, think it ever comes up. Not the not even the one where they're actually like coherent villains for some reason. Oh, I think so. you mean black, black, black and white? Yeah, I can't remember if it was Diamond and Pearl. Black. I mean, and I don't white. think they go into Jesse's personal history. Okay, I did appreciate that she was an art thief that placed beauty over actual monetary value but and as we know from jesse she has a questionable taste yeah. in beauty yeah. so especially from that one episode know, it sounds like basically she was stealing cheap shit yeah that <laughs> that monetary value yeah. <laughs> sounds about right i mean yeah that seems very par for the course for her but yeah art's a weird thing too with beauty it also kind of gets into james's story a little bit it doesn't quite tell us but it basically says he was an only child and does it say he came from a privileged background or i can't remember I can't remember. I don't think it goes into him too much. I don't think that was decided yet. <laughs> okay. His affluent background. Some of our favorite bits appear with Misty sending out Goldeen and um, wait, the wait, wait. light on Pikachu. <laughs> wait, you're, you're skipping the best part. <laughs> Which is? Where Ash gets a call from Delia on the phone. Oh, right, 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 yes. right. She, he freaks out and like starts insulting her because apparently she calls him while she's wearing like a facial treatment mask and he compares her to a zombie and basically their whole interaction is not one of like mother and son no it's kind of weird and then he so he hangs up with delia i was thinking sorry to interrupt i was thinking no more girls the whole time why what? have you seen more girls specifically but the whole premise is no. she had a daughter age 16 and they're more like sisters and mother and daughter. Yeah. Which, when you rewatch Gilmore Girls as an older person, you're like, oh, this shit's <laughs> fucked up. Oh Especially <laughs> the, the, the continuation on the Netflix one. We're not even going to touch oh that. Oh, my God. Oof. <laughs> my wife watches it, and I just watch it along with her. Anyway, I was thinking of that, like the weird that is dynamics. A good... like the, this is not what you The parent-child situation is not yeah, ideal. Yeah, it was a little weird. But then the best part where... After hanging up with Delia, a little while later, he gets a call from Oak. He, Oak makes a comment. He said, I just got a call from your mother, Delia, a few minutes ago. Which we we did speculate on this. I know we talked about I, this. Mm-hmm. About their secret conversation. They're in the same yes. room. Yeah, that you said that exactly. And then he said, oh, beautiful woman, a real stunner. And then Ash is like, don't tell me that. Tell her. And then Oak is oh, like, oh. maybe <laughs> yes. I will. Oh. He's like, actually, I'm going to hit on her now. 
Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, this the See? establishment of their it does. thing. Yeah, it takes it <laughs> off. It, this is where the rumor came from. It flat out establishes it. I mean, Gilia was thinking like at one point she thinks to herself, maybe I should reconsider this proposal. Yeah, and, like, laughs it off, and I'm like, maybe Oak. Yeah, Oak is rich. Yeah, his dandruff hair. Swoop on in there. Oh, and gross. his gross, grimy, slimy. <laughs> skin hopefully she gave him like a head and shoulders and like helped him with that <laughs> there's a scene where she's just bathing him <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> what pikachu well, he and then people goes on together. he oh god well he goes on to then insult ash further like he does in the show he's like oh i'll uh help you out you know one he makes some comment he's like one small step for a pokemon master one giant leap for ash i love that mm. and i'll help you out i'll cheer you on even a poor marksman can hit a target with <laughs> shots. that line <laughs> I l- Oak is a dick. Yes, he like, is. All yeah. the subtext we picked up in those early episodes is like... It's true. This is where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> and we all called that one. We're like, this guy's not actually... Maybe he's just helping Ash to get with his mom. Well, you did also call the fact of when Ash was looking at those carvings or those reliefs on the wall about the legendary Pokemon, Ash says, yeah, I saw something just like this. And Oak's like, sure you did. You're like a thousand years away from seeing something like that. He was practically insulting him. I called that. One of uh, you did. I know you commented uh, on it. One of us. No, no reference of Articuno and Ho yeah. and all that shit, which still confuses me. So then... I do like how a lot of time he didn't see Ho clearly. He saw like a shadow. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. What he thought was Ho. Well, he yeah. did call. I mean, he, it was a legendary thing, but Oak just completely dismisses him and says, there's no way you saw anything like that because you're just a loser kid. <laughs> so, well, Team Rocket attacks... Joy starts sending emergency transferring the Pokeballs to Pewter City. Mm-hmm. Then Team Rocket insults Misty. <laughs> that whole thing about her being pretty. Pretty pathetic. Oh, it said Delia sends the whole night looking at photos, yeah. maybe pictures of Ash and crying. Yeah, this is oh, wait, my towards we... the end here. Yeah. Can yeah. we back up a little bit? Because I do have a question. Yeah. So the part where Misty is confronting Team Rocket and trying to buy Ash time to get away, she brings out Goldine and she calls it her steady. And then this, there's this whole exchange about, like, James makes some comment about a steady being like a lover. Like a steady boyfriend. Steady, boy, steady yeah. in your life. Yeah. Do you, want, do you want to go steady? Go steady. Yeah. That's what I got. Was she calls Goldine that, which I'm assuming just means, like, that's her constant and, like, go-to companion or something. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole part was kind of strange. Psyducks are steady. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Not, well, later, I guess. <laughs> Unwillingly. Yeah. So you're talking about Delia's, the photo review she has down yeah, memory lane? Yeah, basically it. She's been yeah. up, she was up all night looking at photos. Very sad. She's a dependable Delia. woman. He does compliment her, though. Like, she's a dependable woman. She's showing that she's loving and... She exists to suffer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is true. Yeah. From that perspective, that is kind of melancholy, I guess, her life. All right. Up next time. This one was very interesting. Okay. So this kind of expands a little bit on the, when we were talking about before with Professor Westwood catching a primate in a reading glasses case or whatever, which doesn't make sense. But then this sort of kind of explains, I don't know, tries to explain Mm -hmm. it. So it explains it with the advent of like fax, mobile phone, PC, What's transferred is not actual physical objects. When you talk, you aren't actually speaking face-to-face, merely seeing images transmitted by electrical signals, blah, blah, blah. Then it talks about the story, I guess the creation of, like, Pokeballs. Like, children aren't allowed to have Pokeballs without special permission. So this kid took one and put it on a copy machine, but it wasn't empty. It had a Pokemon in it. So then he, like, faxed it over to his father's office or something. When they opened up 
the fax machine at the office, they found the Pokeball, but there wasn't a Pokemon in it. It disappeared. R.I.P. Yeah. So then they discovered from this that the Pokeball itself had no ability to be transferred via fax, meaning that it was the actual Pokemon itself that has the power to convert its body into energy. And be transported and and carry physical items along with it, basically. Mm -hmm. Yes. The Pokemon holds the power. So it doesn't matter what it is. You can catch a Pokemon in anything. It's the Pokemon, like you said earlier, Austin, the Pokemon itself has the inherent ability to be transported. They call it the the portable beast transmission ability. I I like the detail of, like, real technologies are not powerful enough to (laughs) transfer them. And they get lost in, like, the ether. Which made me not upset, but I'm like, where the fuck did they go? They just died. Well, like, we did see this in the Porygon episode. They kind of get lost in this, like, Pokeball highway. I was thinking the Porygon episode, too. Yeah. Is that where they are? They're just stuck there? So they're just gone, then. No way to get them. And they did a lot of experiments of killing them. Wait, when did it say that? They said, like, they had to do a lot of testing. Oh, so they have no idea where it went. I guess it just got digitized and lost. Oh, digitized. Oh, this is all presented in the form of the Japanese communication branch proposing a 30% price increase to the cost of transporting Pokemon. <laughs> they put a tax on it. Yep. Y- yeah. Yep. Uh, and this is Jenny, Officer Jenny's notes in which she says that would not be popular or whatever. <laughs> That's not popular yeah. legislation. <laughs> Pseudo cynicism coming up. Yep. So once again, a little bit of this one, we get the tie into actual people. Oh, like Alexander Graham Bell. Graham Bell, yeah, and him inventing the phones and sort of like being the catalyst for what you were talking about with the transporting systems. We're just throwing in everybody. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. We just kept doing that. Chapter five, five. Getting through the, through forest. the forest. There was some interesting stuff that was added here. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Like deleted scenes. Sorry, I just wanted to mention real, real quick that Ash, at the beginning of this, they make a note that Ash stole five empty Pokeballs from the Pokemon. Oh, yeah, 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 they did. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck was that? that? <laughs> <laughs> they just took them and no one I was, was like, looking. What? <laughs> Didn't Oak gave him the Pokeballs at the yeah, beginning, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oak gives him, he said, each trainer gets five you know because the six slots you get the one so and then ash more. is an opportunist and steals yeah, he stole them <laughs> from the building he blew up <laughs> yep oh my god <laughs> things go down as we know they do misty freaks out with caterpie and all that um it makes a point of noting that ash kept caterpie out to fuck with misty oh i like how there is another real real world reference here to the scream painting oh yeah he compares misty's face when caterpie's starting to like bother her she he compares her to the scream the scream oh every time i think of that painting oh god the pikachu sequence is okay crazy yeah i don't even really want to talk about this you don't want to talk about this you can talk about it i'll talk about it like what do you not want to talk about love weird weird like there's an implication that pikachu like wanted to mate with this caterpie he finds a female not the caterpie no (laughs) pre-caterpie caterpie comes on the scene well first of all there's this whole thing about how pikachu are nocturnal yeah that makes sense. It, it talks about how most Pokemon are, but they trainer captured ones have to adjust their sleep schedule. Ske- yeah. Yeah, yeah, sleep like schedule. Cats. Like cats like, and yeah. mice. It says that cats and mice are nocturnal. So I did appreciate that part, but then the rest of it gets a little weird. Was it the weird like semi-sexual component? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pikachu sees a female Pikachu, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's a Pikachu!" Yeah. 
and he goes off to talk to it, but it's basically like a feral Pikachu, and it like they You're don't even skipping speak the same over language. the best mm-hmm. the 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 best part where it says the description of it. The sweet scent of the wild Pikachu was breathtaking. Mm. That wasn't then the, necessary. Then the wild <laughs> male Pikachu comes out. Yeah. And it describes how it's like beat up all the shit because it's in the wild. But to the female Pikachu, that's very enticing. Well, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, like it, yeah. it explains how trainer Pokemon, Pokemon are well-capped, well-groomed. They don't have battle scars. So to a wild Pokemon, it's weak, you know, because it doesn't have those battle scars. It doesn't have like, you know, makes sense, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So Pikachu, the wild Pikachus are like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Human-owned trash. We don't want anything to do with you. You're dangerous. Dangerous? <laughs> or whatever. Oh, and the part where it says that they can't really understand, like they have their own language. Like it right. can't, yeah. Pikachu cannot understand, well, it can kind of get the gist of it, but not exactly. Their yeah. language is different. So it's like a dialect difference. Yeah, and then Caterpie comes on the scene and they can't understand each other at all other yeah. than like gesturing and basic intention trying to sign which language. doesn't make sense based on what we see in the show yeah. it's again clear. this shit yeah. isn't canon yeah. <laughs> yeah come on all the pokemon get lost on pokemon island and go to the sake bar yeah. together yeah. <laughs> that they <laughs> just happen to have yeah they just put it up so i don't know that was interesting alex didn't like the sexual component of it nope although i will say we're th- i think this scene was the inspiration for the pikachu's goodbye that we're coming up on oh yeah so. totally yeah if i thought this scene was a little uncomfortable the next scene is very uncomfortable yeah I... which is what misty says to caterpie yeah calls it a pervert pervert Mol- calls him a bloody molester, molester. yeah oh. and sends caterpie into a spiraling depression i love how he says that was crossing the line he calls him a pervert this is right yeah yeah, that is the yeah line. she's like she crossed the line there oh misty and the and the men 10 years old yeah that Wait, crossed the line too right? yeah uh, was there something else well she would know those words that's the thing yeah. oh, he would know oh, those words yeah. and like the actions taken upon oh, one no. to be labeled such as a pervert or a molester, she would know that. Oh, no. Oh, my God. The implication now is terrible. That's what right? I was going to bring up a little bit with uh, when that came up earlier, but we won't go down it too far. Gross. Yeah. Gross, gross. Yeah. Connect the, okay, connect so the dots, people. Connect the dots. That was terrible. All right. Then Pidgeotto shits on Ash's face. Yeah, he does. That's great. <laughs> 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 Which that answers our question. Do Pokemon poop? We asked that like yes. one of our yeah. earlier podcasts. <laughs> And I told you, I think I called it too, and I was like, you gotta be careful with all these birds flying around, they're just gonna shit on you all day, you know? It specifically hits him in the face, even <laughs> though he's wearing a baseball cap. Because they know. <laughs> these Pokemon are aware. Yeah, it kind of confirms what we already knew, which is like, the Pokeball, like, mind controls them, kind of. Like, it just is like, it doesn't even really get into it, which I'm shocked, because it seems like the kind of thing Shudo would totally go into, but it just kind of glosses over, oh yeah, and then they're loyal when they get caught. Yeah. Even though it just went on a huge rant about how wild pokemon are distrustful and all this kind of stuff yeah well he catches it after it was trying to kill caterpie mm-hmm. but then once he captures it it doesn't have that urge anymore yeah, it's a friend yeah i wanted him to get into that shit where's that appendix yeah long story short team rocket appears does some shit and then caterpie evolves into metapod then for our appendix we get into darwinism Oh, yes, I skipped yes. this. You skipped you this? Can, you guys can talk about it. Why'd you skip this? This, this is, is the, the most best interesting part. part. Yes. <laughs> the appendix is well, the only thing I cared about, really, for the whole novel. <laughs> I, guess, I mean, I guess the whole thing is how it's not typi- It's not really an evolution. It's a metamorphosis. Yeah, which is true. It kind of feels like reading Twitter, actually, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way 
Oh, God. We're a cult, should I say. The, the Darwin Evolution Cult. Shinkar Darwin group or whatever they're called. Their leader figure is like, it's not Pokemon don't evolve. That's not how evolution works. They just metamorphosize. Mm-hmm. And all the people, like the sycophants, are like, yeah! Woo! Oh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is like, okay, that's true. It, it is an evolution. That is correct. And then, like, like they leap to this, these crazy conclusions where, like, and that means Pokemon need to die. We need to get rid of them all. And this Wait, word's where does like, Everyone <laughs> <laughs> just goes crazy. What is this? We need to Alex, you, you need to read this. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, they talk about metamorphosis. Okay, makes sense. Then they, they theorize about whether or not Pokemon retain the memory. Like, okay, if a Pikachu yeah, evolves into a Raichu... Mm. Does it retain yeah. the memories of its time as a Pikachu? Like the caterpillar butterfly thing. Which, I mean, yeah. I think they've proven that they do remember. Or they do. To some extent. Just like, skip towards the end a little bit. Okay, hold on. Okay, yeah, that's right. Is it even right for us to acknowledge that such creatures are living beings? Oh, he said, no, I would go so far as to say that the mere existence of Pokemon in this world, defying all logic in the theory of evolution, causes problems for our views. I say that Pokemon evolution should be referred to by a different name. Evolution is not a word to be used for these creatures who ought not exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, yes. Very Fox News-like yeah. in that. And then they all scream, yeah! Well, okay, this this particular line jumps out to kind of make the connection, like you said, to the real, real world right-wing views. Defying all logic in the theory of evolution causes problems for our views. So just because it doesn't fit your narrative hypothesis or narrative yeah. that it shouldn't even exist. That is, I thought yeah, that, that is was very culty. Which is such a weird thing because, I mean, like, like in real world, people who are believe in the very correct theory of evolution <laughs> generally are not the oppressors of knowledge and... <laughs> Science. Yeah, that's, yeah that's what was funny about it. It was contradictory of how we see things. It was like, oh, that is a, I guess, a new perspective on how to approach it. Like, like they were they were right until they said, let like, they should not exist. <laughs> that's what got me too. It's like it takes it goes from talking about it that it just goes, oh, we should kill them all. Then Bill notes in his notes. Yeah, most people just say it's like it's just a word that got used in the car- common parlance, and people just accept it for what it is. Which, like, that's how the word's used. That's how you got to use it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just because oh it's not technically correct etymology-wise, like it, it becomes correct over time. Just because it keeps using, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. went back up to the top where it's got this little lead-in paragraph, and it says, "When things are shown to exist, they are widely accepted as fact. But in the world of scholars, this isn't always the case. There are certain extremists among Darwinists who claim that to protect the theory of evolution, Pokemon must be exterminated." Yeah, yeah. Jeez. The appendices are where the real stuff's happening. We need this episode of Pokemon. With... I was thinking too. Where is this? Yeah, story where line? is this? <laughs> this is phenomenal. I kind of wish they had just let Shudo go wild. Yeah, like, yeah that's what I'm thinking, okay, too. Okay, this show has, is not for children. Just go. Just go crazy. I mean, then we would get shit like the, the T-Rex movie where... Yeah. <laughs> not to mention, have we talked about his envision for an episode, which this kind of ties into with Pikachu being all anti-human, the episode where the Pokemon leader revolt against human ownership and Pikachu becomes the leader of the anti-human ownership yeah. movement. It's Planet of the Apes. What? And it becomes Ash versus Pikachu, and the episode ends with the Pokemon leaving permanently. And <laughs> This is, what is That's this, like awesome. the prototype for Pokemon Black and White or something? No, no this is Shudo's idea for an episode. 
Is it like actual or is it a dream? Yeah, this is from his blog notes. Oh. Yeah, he's like, he, I want to do this storyline. And I was told no. And I was like, yeah, no shit, you were told no. <laughs> were you surprised that they said no to this? <laughs> yeah, well, the whole the whole premise is like Pokemon and, and people getting along and like harmonizing and everything else. I still wish. Wow. I mean, but like, let him go. I feel like he's setting that up here with all this Pikachu stuff. I think that's where he, that was sort of his lead in, but it never went anywhere. Right. But like this would have been the build up to it. Resentment. Yeah. Even though Pikachu, like you said, specifically, you know, bred and trained to be a trainer Pokemon. Like they, they keep on saying Pikachu is like a, like a weirdo. Yeah. He's, he's an anomaly. Yeah. Anomaly. He's the oddball. Six, Butterfree Soars. Okay, so Misty's having her crisis. I mean, this this really follows the episode. Misty's having her crisis because of all the bug Pokemon. Oh, God, this is where it really differs, though. So in the show, we've got Samurai, which I know we had a lot of thoughts oh, on Samurai, Samurai when we talked about it. That was the one thing Jacob got wrong. Yep. He said Samurai has this whole backstory in the novel, no. and Samurai, like, is replaced in the novel. Yeah, <laughs> He's <no>. completely... <laughs> completely different this instead of a samurai weirdo kid he's just a bug catcher he's the bug catcher the bug catcher which i like a lot better no yeah well it makes way more sense so okay i actually hate bug catcher well i think we all hated him anyway as samurai too but ash so ash is trying to catch this weedle that they come across but it's stolen out from under him by this kid who claims that he was already after the weedle but i don't believe that for a second I don't believe it for a second. There was no indication that this Weedle was in the middle of a battle. So he literally just steals it out from under Ash. And then Misty tells this kid that it's bad form to claim an area as their turf and that all Pokemon trainers have equal catching rights wherever they go. And then, but Ash somehow decides to acquiesce to this kid and he says, Bug Catcher, he tells Bug Catcher he won't catch any more bug Pokemon in the forest. And then this, this all plays out largely the same as the, the episode from the show that he's already met the other three kids from Palatown who have beaten him. There's some differences though, mostly timeline wise. How so? Because this all takes place in one day and all the action takes place during dawn or dusk. Oh, right. You pointed that out though, Austin. And I did in one previous episode. Yeah. About like, how, I think we we're talking about like when they were battling, how like they just stand there in the heat all day. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and you were like, I think it was you were like, oh god, could you imagine just having this stare off or whatever in the middle of like daytime when it's just blistering hot? So Misty reads an Anne Rice novel. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. It's just, yeah. Oh, what do they call she's it? Like, a horror queen novel? Yeah, yeah she's like, like the damned or whatever. <laughs> she said that they said she stole it from her sister's bookshelf. Yeah, yeah, and it's the nineties. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, apparently Ash is enthralled with Pinsir because all boys like stag beetles. He tries to get Pidgeotto to battle Pinsir, but re- it refuses because Pinsir is so much physically larger than it. Pidgeotto had personality in this. It was great. Pidgeotto was like a, like a, good luck yeah. about Yeah. And it like hangs out <laughs> above head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pikachu flat out refuses as always to battle, which we see a lot of that in the show anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, then he calls out Metapod. Oh my god, this part was great because <laughs> Ash calls out Metapod because that's he, and it literally goes inside of his head and, and explains that Ash only calls out Metapod because that's his only Pokemon left. 
but then it transitions to Bugcatcher's state of mind where he's like, this must be Ash's like a masterstroke. There must be a reason why he's called out this Metapod. So he he recalls Pinsir and calls out his Metapod because he's not going to be bested by this genius kid. He's just playing mind games with them. <laughs> awesome. That was that so was awesome. great. Literally, oh he's thinking... God. There's got to be a reason why. And Ash is like, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. I'm screwed. I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing 4D chess with me. Yes. That was great. So then they stand there all day. And then, like you said, the timeline is different because Misty, they, they fall asleep. They literally fall asleep standing up. Oh, yeah. And Misty's the one who wakes up and tries to snap them out of it because the beedrill are coming like i don't know what provoked them at first but or maybe they they were just passing through or something it was different because in the show they were coming to get revenge on ash and that's why they were fixated on them mm-hmm. in yeah. this it's like they're they're nightly feeding yeah swarm yeah and they they're gonna eat metapod and i thought it was really cool actually because they're gonna wait till right before metapod evolves where its shell gets weaker and then they're gonna eat feed it to the kakuna or the newly hatched beedrill i guess that's way more in line with actual like how animals would eat or how the yeah. bugs yeah. would actually eat the predatory yeah. habits like and we get into like metapod's mind it's like he accepted his fate he was resigned <laughs> to his death <laughs> he just let it he's like it's gonna happen dang i mean poor thing and again i mean ash is technically responsible because he didn't call it back but like he was he literally woke up and there were bees attacking yeah him, so he was just like ah well, they do comment on that. Like, Bugcatcher makes a point of, re- like, recalling his Metapod and protecting his Pokemon. And then they chastise him later. Well, they, they all run away to jump in mm-hmm. the stream. And then they're like, where's Metapod? And Bugcatcher is like, what, you didn't call it back like you were supposed to? He, doesn't he, like, run off? And he's like, I gotta get it now. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Oh, because Bugcatcher has a map. that He was like, he asked them where they would have taken it. And somehow this kid has a map of the forest and he's like oh they've got to be in their like beedrill tree in the middle of the woods apparently it's the biggest tree in the forest and it's also right by the exit and it's like they have this like weird illusion that most people die in Viridian Forest yeah it's easy to enter and hard to exit well he says that he's like nobody ever leaves or whatever nobody ever makes it out alive Ash says like oh it's right by the exit which I guess is no more than just like an opening in the tree line and he's like, well, if I make it to the exit, there's nothing keeping the bee drills from just following me out. Yeah. Like, it's not... I don't know. I thought that was kind of... Just because you make it out doesn't mean you're safe. Right. Um, so the same thing happens in the show where Team Rocket appears and Ash is like, hush, you know, the bee drill are sleeping or whatever. And they go ahead and set off their fireworks. And then he uses Team Rocket's, like... He basically leaves them to die. <laughs> <laughs> the narration says, "We here we see their corpses. Yep. Like... We Wait, don't know if they're it... alive or dead. Oh, God, I missed Maybe that part. Maybe this is the last we've seen of Team Rocket. Oh, I gotta find that part. Oh, Lord. it absolutely says that. Oh, dang. I do remember it saying something like, it might be the last time we see them. I, it was implying they could be dead. But obviously, they're Team Rocket. Oh, it says it right. Okay, this may be a superfluous point to bring up now. As the Beedrill Beedril slept, it was impossible to tell whether the heavily stung members of Team Rocket were still alive Oh, or my not. God. Dude, oh, what dang. the fuck? <laughs> That's torture. This is after Butterfree evolves, right? Right. Yeah. It evolves as they're being chased, and it uses its special move, Sleep Powder. Back to Delia. Back to Delia. Okay, back to Delia. (laughs) The really interesting stuff. This really brings everything together. It's Ash calls at 11 p.m., and he says, we're going to Peter City. 
Delia has a, a moment of, oh, first there's this weird thing where she meets with the other parents of the kids. I thought they were all just, like, shooting the shit at the yeah, restaurant. They, uh, they were all shooting the shit. The mother gets was, like, left. Our, our kid was a runaway. Mm-hmm. He's not a Pokemon trainer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was... Okay. What the fuck, Shudo? Okay. <laughs> no idea why. He just didn't want to stay in the house. There's such a bitterness to all of this. It's, yeah. It's so weird. Delia gets to call from Ash, and it's really quick, and he's like, I know you're busy. Okay, bye. This is where it notes she doesn't serve alcohol. She serves chocolate milk. Because she didn't want the out. customers going home drunk and getting into fights mm-hmm. with their wives. That's why she yep. doesn't serve She's alcohol. a hell of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> She's losing a lot of profits, yeah. but... <laughs> from all that chocolate milk. Yep. Um, and there's a really quiet moment, really sad moment where she says her husband never called her. Her father never contacted her. All she wanted was to be contacted. That's why I was speculating that they died. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That goes into the theory that they are, in fact, dead. Stung by the bee drill. They could have been. Yep. I mean, honestly, well, the last, the very last, last um, paragraph, well, it's not even a paragraph, it's just a couple sentences. It says, the kinds of children who become Pokemon trainers are highly varied, and the reasons for which they become trainers are also varied. The story from here on is about the meetings and partings of these children and their encounters with the mysterious light forms known as Pokemon. So melodramatic. Yeah. Fits with the theme, though. There wasn't though. an appendix on this one. No. Instead, Shudo says, here's where I provide a fairly pointless afterword, which is like, Shudo. <laughs> you know. Yeah, what is, this, what is this whole thing about Team Rocket here at the end? We're reading a cry for help. Um, I feel sorry for them and offer them my gratitude. So I guess they're dead. I think he's basically saying Team Rocket's the best part of the show. Really? Hmm. Is that not what he's saying? It says they made their Oh, he's talking about how, exit. how the voice actors came up with the, their slogan. We hear them say... Team Rocket's blasting off again, but in this version... Yana Kanji! Well, that translates over to this sucks, right? Usually yeah. I hear it translated as, this is a bad feeling. I think it's a literal translation. Well, That's what the they say actors... in the dubs, or the subs. Sometimes they say the opposite. They're like, this is a good feeling. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but we get, they're blasting off again, which I honestly like a lot better. Yeah. Well, it fits with their theme of being Team Rocket. Yep. I mean, there's some things that aren't going to translate over well... What a wild ride that was. Yeah. All right, so... Okay. This is a longer hoarding. There was only two of these volumes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, though. Why? What was the reason why it didn't continue? Mm. It wasn't because he passed away, was it? No, these were way no, before he passed away. Before. Popularity, maybe? At one point, he said he was going to do a volume three, but then he did pass away. Okay. Oh. But I think the volume three was going to be his T-Rex... Um, awesome <laughs> oh my God. What, no, that's not even a joke. Yeah, I think he actually really said thinks, that. <laughs> what year did he pass away? 2010, maybe. Well, that was a that was certainly an adventure. Favorite parts? God, yeah, we're not really uh, doing like quotes <laughs> or MVP no. or LVP. Yeah, we're not doing yeah. LVP. Does anyone have like any part that they Favorite were just like, oh wow? It was just, it was interesting. It was kind of like an alternate yeah. history. I just love I love the background information we get on the character, especially like Oak and how. We learn he, you know, he's rich from publishing this novel and just living off the royalties almost. I guess Delia, all of her backstory is probably my favorite part. I was so yes. taken with the Delia stuff. That was easily the highlight. Well, I guess it explains, I know we joke about this a lot, you know, in our normal conversation about the show, like why Ash is so rude to her. Like, what is his reasoning? I mean, okay, he starts off in the show seemingly respectful of Delia, but then later it devolves and by the time we get to sun and moon i mean he's flat out like resentful of her 
Yeah. So I'm assuming, I mean, I guess this kind of gives a little bit more context as to why he would treat her like that. Because, I mean, you would think, okay, she raised him all by herself, so he would respect her for that. But clearly he has no respect for her. And that's because, I I mean, I don't know. But It's so weird because, like, early Delia is goofy. Like, she kind of, like, she presents herself here. But as we move on through the years, she's just going to become just a tragic, you know, she's like like a homemaker. And she's like... I'm so sad Ash is gone. He never calls me. And they make a point of Ash Mm -hmm. never calling her, even though this novel ends with her being elated, like a tragic melancholy elation at him calling her. It's sad because, I mean, well, in the show, she's like you said, she's presented as Ash is her one reason for Mm -hmm. living. Like he's her pride and joy and he treats her like nothing. I mean, he doesn't call. He doesn't respect when they do have interactions. It's like he just wants to get away from her. Yeah, he gets, as you say, he gets so much worse as time goes on. Mm it's really i mean it's it's to the point where it's obvious like it's not even funny anymore and it's like well delia is even that much more tragic because we see her as just this mother who her whole existence is being a mother and ash couldn't care less like it is she's lost everybody i think it would make more sense if ash was aging like if he aged from a 10 year old child into like if he was like now like 15 and being like mom like my mom's here oh my god like that would make sense but because he doesn't age, it's just, like, a weird shift. That is a really good point. Then he would have that teenager, like, you know, rebellious phase, yeah. Right. And, and at, the, at that point, he'd be, you know, he's an adult, literally, yeah. in a legal sense, apparently. You know, I've been taking care of myself this whole time, even though Brock was the one doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is a good point. Speaking of Brock, are we excited for volume two? Yes. Oh, yeah. Brock's coming. <laughs> yes. And okay. along with our other favorite character, who I'm excited to talk about again. <laughs> Wait, who? Who? His father. Oh, Clint. Oh, yes, Clint. <laughs> Clint and Flint. No, Flint. <laughs> Wait, does Flint appear in this book? I hope so. He has to. I yeah. hope so. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, man. It's going to be so goddamn messy. <laughs> this one, I wasn't like, uh, like I said, I was excited a little bit about this one, but the next one, when we get into the nitty gritty characters that we just all, we talked crap about for a whole episode. Damn, volume three should have been Sabrina. Oh, my gosh, yes. That would have been great. Well, you know Shudo is going to have several, several points to make if Flint does appear. Oh, oh speaking of parents, I like how this is like the one time Misty's parents are even alluded to. Hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah, that's when a good point. I missed it. Ash basically, didn't he say something like, your mother should have raised you right? And like, it's very clearly implied that something tragic, tragic. has happened with Misty's mother. She gets very upset about that. Oh, you don't I know me, kind of thing. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I think her parents are dead yeah. or something. Yeah, they may talk about that in the next one because oh. if we if we meet our sisters, maybe they'll be the ones that say like we had to take over the gym because our parents were shot or yeah, something. Yeah, something. Oh my god, there's been there hasn't been a crime in hundred years. <laughs> Dang. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it. This one was this one, <laughs> the appendixes were my favorite part, but oh yeah, destroy all By of far. the Pokemon. We ready to wrap it up? Any more closing thoughts or anything? What, what more can be? What said? more can be right? said about this? Exactly. <laughs> all right. If you have any questions or corrections, maybe you've read this and we said something wrong. You can send it to outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. That's outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. And also give us a follow on Twitter. Our handle is outofdryingpan. That's out of drying pan. And uh, be sure to join us next week as we dive into the second light novel as the journey continues. <laughs>